Hello everyone to Big Boot Podcast with Sean Wolf Square. Just giving my review for WrestleMania 37. Uh, just to throw out a few quick notes, just off the bat. I'm going to say that I particularly thought Night 1 was better, way better than Night 2. If I was to give the pay-per-view as a whole a rating out of 10, I would give it a 7 out of 10. And that's largely in part to the Universal Championship Triple Threat match. Cesaro versus Rollins, Bad Bunny's performance, and Sa- Sasha and Bianca for the SD Women's Title, main ev- which main evented night one. And I forgot to mention, yeah, the uh, main event of WrestleMania period. But if you want to get specific, the main event of night two, Roman Reigns defending against Daniel Bryan and Edge, would be my. Match of the match of not only the match of the week, but I'm sorry, not only the match, I should have said not only the match of WrestleMania weekend, but my match of the week. Thought a great story was told. I love the ending, but I'll get into that when I get to that match. In the opening contest, you had the WWE champion Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley, defending against Drew McIntyre. I thought this was a really good opener. I was a little worried for Bob because as a late, he's been kind of a little off, I felt, in his promos and in his work. Maybe it was just a bad week or two, but he delivered in this match. Uh, overall, though, I do feel that Drew carried the match. I think Drew's just great on the mic and in the ring. Any match he's in, he just knows fucking what he's doing. He can carry anybody, and if he's in the ring with someone who's equally as good or better, of course, it's fucking even better on top of that. I like the story behind this. I, I had picked Drew and I should have stuck with my original pick, Bobby Lashley, and, and figured out that the Almighty Era was going to continue, but I didn't. I, I like the way the ending was done. You know, they, it was very hard hitting back and forth, which I enjoyed. A lot of good reversals here and there. It was kind of like Godzilla versus King Kong, which made sense when you have two guys the size of them. And the ending came when Drew was about to hit the Claymore. A little bit of a distraction for MVP caused him to miss it. And then Bob cinched in the hurt lock for the win. Drew didn't tap out. He managed to take Drew down to the ground and have Drew kind of face forward. And Drew was just put to bed with it. So I thought, fucking great ending. Drew doesn't look weak because, you know, he admitted on Raw that, you know, it was whoever made the first mistake. And it turned out to be him by allowing himself to be distracted by MVP instead of focusing on the task at hand. And that, you know, the hurt lock is no joke. And the Hurt Lock is probably, right now, the most established it's ever been by putting Drew McIntyre out and making it a successful title defense for the almighty Bobby Lashley. Next was the women's tag team turmoil. This match was a bit of a clusterfuck, but I'm going to speak of the positive notes of it. One part that was a little weird is I was really happy that the Riot Squad managed to get two eliminations. They defeated um, Mandy... And Dana Brooke. And then they also got the win over Carmella and Billy Kay. And Billy Kay was one of the ones that stole the show. A lot of the po- popular podcasts have been saying that, done by wrestlers like Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca and Sam Roberts. Billy Kay just coming out with <laughs> trying to uh, mimic everything Carmella did was entertaining. Uh, it was cool how she scored the, the win in the first match with help from Carmella over Lana and Naomi. So, I mean, at least they got a little bit of a win. I'm glad Billy Kay can say that now she is still... Actually, no, she can't really say she's undefeated at WrestleMania anymore, but, you know, technically she did pick up a victory. 
when Liv Morgan did eliminate Mandy Rose or Dana Brooks, pin one of the two, eliminating them, the announcer, Greg Hamilton, made a little bit of a botch when he announced that the Riot Squad were eliminated. Cole instantly fucking corrected it on commentary, and it led to where Hamilton had to explain that no, instead Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were eliminated. I'm, I don't understand that. Like, pay attention to the match, man. Like, you know, it's, I really like Greg Hamilton, but it's just... Some mistakes you can understand, but I thought that was really fucking, like, lazy. I was hoping the Ride Squad would go all the way, but as the match progressed, Tamina and Natty seemed to be the two that were going over, especially due to their booking lately, and they did. They won in about a 14-minute match. I wasn't too pleased with this. I think I would rather see Natty paired with Beth Phoenix if she's going to go on to become a tag team champion. But I also get this pairing because they're both third-generation superstars. In my match of uh, favorite match of night one, and it was close. There was there was three good matches, three matches that I really enjoyed on the show. This is one that I slightly enjoyed the best. It was when Cesaro got his huge win in his first singles match at WrestleMania ever over Seth Rollins. Solid match. I loved when he did a move that Champa used to do. Tomasa Champa used to do back in Ring of Honor. He did kind of like an airplane spin with uh, Rollins across his back. But, you know, like, yeah, he does it with no hands and you're just kind of just spinning around. So I really, really thought that was entertaining. That led into the Cesaro swing, which he did 23 times, one more than he did on SmackDown to Seth. And he did a few swings throughout the match. I think the number was like 36 total. But anyway, it was 23 there. And then that just led into the second neutralizer of the night where Cesaro picked up the win. This match was a little over 11 minutes. I wish they gave it at least 20 I think a lot more could have been done. For the 11 minutes that it was given, I still thought it was the match of the night and done really fucking well. These two delivered like like I knew they would, but I just I, that's my only little gripe. I just wish they had a little more time. But either way, match of the night for me. Next, I was really happy to see AJ Styles become a Grand Slam winner when him and a debuting Omos captured the Raw Smack... Uh, sorry, the Raw, wow, Tag Team Championships. Uh, really fucking happy to see that. Glad Omos got his moment. He's just a really likable character. AJ becoming a Grand Slam winner has, has, has definitely been earned. Uh, I look forward to him capturing the Universal title down the road. I have a gut feeling that'll happen at next year's WrestleMania. Or at least at some point around then, he'll be either the defending champ or winning the title there. The story here was done really well. I admit, most of the match, you're just kind of just... It was only nine minutes, but you're just waiting for Omos to get in there. AJ is probably the best in the world, but the theme of it was New Day just kept trying to isolate him and, and keep him down and just block him off from tagging Omos. Finally, when the tag happens, like what a pop for that, and Omos just goes to town, shows some agility by running off both guys in, in uh, separate corners. The end comes when he does a double, I guess you could say chokes, choke drop, choke slam. Yeah, double choke slam drop. I don't know what you'd really call it. And he pinned, he was about to pin Kofi, and then you hear AJ on the apron yell, Omos, one foot, one foot, and so Omos pinned him with one foot. AJ's running around him like a little kid holding his tag title, and then he, uh, Omos boosted him up seven, seven feet and three inches in the air on top of his shoulders, and then they celebrated their win with the tag titles. I look forward to see where this is going to go. I'm thinking at this rate, you, you can't keep them as heels. They're just both too liked. They're too funny together as a team and like working together. So I, I give it like not within a month by the next pay-per-view, these guys are going to be faces because they're just so damn entertaining. 
Braun Strowman def defeated Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. A uh, really good spot here. One thing I really liked is the fact that Shane actually had the match won. You know, he's doing pretty good in the cage, and he got over the top. And just when he was being a little too cocky, climbing down, Braun, in a cool spot, I must admit, grabbed his fingers through the cage and held onto them, and, and, and then all of a sudden just ripped through the cage and pulled Shane back in through kind of almost the top. He pulled him back to the top rope. They both end up at the top of the cage where you knew this was it. Shane always seems to fall or dive off something, whether it's intentional or by force. And this time it was by force as Braun launched him off the top of the cage. Then he came down to finish him off with the power slam for the win. Braun gets, you know, his second win at WrestleMania in a row. I think actually it might even be his third. Braun Strowman, uh, surprisingly, yeah, he has a pretty good WrestleMania record. I'll give him that. Shane McMahon, always proven how tough he is at any age. I mean, he's like over 50 now and he's still falling out fucking cages. So all the power to him. Uh, I mean, if this is the end of his, his run and this was just a short little feud with him and Braun to get Braun more over and just have a little fun, uh, I'm down with it. If he comes back with another monster for Braun, I don't want to see it. I, I think either jump into a feud with somebody else or just, you know, give Braun the respect for proving that he was, you know, smarter than you were. I think that's the route to go. In a big-time mainstream match, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest defeated The Miz and Morrison in tag team action. This match was very entertaining. It went a solid 15 minutes. Bad Bunny has really showed the hard work he's been putting into PC. He delivered a Canadian destroyer. Obviously, you got to give a lot of credit to Morrison for that move. Uh, he did a, a crazy-ass head scissors spinning around like five, six times on The Miz. Again, credit to The Miz for that too. But you got to give Bad Bunny his due. Even on the bump the next day, Randy Orton praised Bad Bunny for his hard work and showing the respect to the business by putting the time in and said he could look over at him as like a colleague in his world. The end came when uh, Priest had Miz scooped up in a Legion of the Doom, Legion of Doom Doomsday Device type positioning. Uh, we thought we were going to see the clothesline, but I'm glad they didn't do it because Bad Bunny's thing is more of the cross body. If, he, if they did the Legion of Doom move, I don't think they would have done it justice. So, I mean, I like that cross body into the pin. And Bad Bunny scores... A big win at WrestleMania, his first WrestleMania, Damian Priest's first WrestleMania. Uh, these two are a hell of a pairing together. I, I, I hope, you know, every so often Bad Bunny does show up and, you know, they kind of capitalize on, on the fucking chemistry that Damian and him have. Miz and Morrison got to give them a shitload of credit because, I mean, Bad Bunny also, even with all the hard work he puts in, he only looks as good as the Miz and Morrison want him to look and as good as the effort they put in. So four pros right here. Even including Bad Bunny, got to give mad respect. Hell of a tag team match. This was one of the top five matches, I'd say, for bo both nights combined. But for night one, yeah, it was one of my top three matches. Uh, along with, like I said, Cesaro and Seth. And the main event, which was Bianca Belair challenging Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Which was next and the main event of night one. In the main event of night one, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair killed it. I was really, I always get nervous for certain people in, in matches and hope that they do well. And Bianca Belair delivered. I really enjoyed at one point where Sasha dove to the outside and this time she dove like pretty precisely. Bianca caught her, flipped over, held her up in a bench press position. Gorilla press position, sorry. And walked up the ring steps and tossed her in the ring. Sasha kind of tried to use Bianca's hair against her a lot of the match. Uh, which later on resulted in Bianca giving her 
such a hard whip with her hair, and I think the EST part of her hair fucking nailed Sasha in the side to where he, she had a, a, you know, a kind of a, a light little gash running down the right side of her body. These two went back and forth. Uh, when Bianca tried to go for the kiss of death repeatedly, Sasha kept kind of using the hair to get out of it, and then, and then Bianca would scoop her back up, and Sasha would reverse it. Very good back and forth, and you're kind of just wondering, is she going to hit it? Is she not going to hit it? I really enjoyed it. Finally, when she hits it, I believe on the third attempt, Bianca scores the pin in a great match. Her first, I believe this is, yeah, might be her first WrestleMania, and it's a main event. So congrats to Bianca Belair for delivering. I think this has proved that she's fucking going to be a main event star for many fucking years to come. Sasha Banks, got to give her credit. When it comes to her match quality, she always, always delivers a good match. And no matter what level her opponent is at, 9.5 times out of 10, it's one hell of a match. Power to both ladies. Fucking great main event. I think this match was even better than the WrestleMania 34. No, wait, sorry. 35 main event where Becky Lynch won, uh, ended it off with the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships when she defeated Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I think this match fucking topped that. So got to give a lot of credit to these two women for that especially too. Randy Orton faced The Fiend in the opening match of night two. Uh, this match was like almost six minutes. Didn't live up to the hype yet again. They've had two matches in Mania. Both were not too good. This one, they and they both had great stories too. So I, I don't know. It's really just a judgment call on who, which storyline was better from 2017 to now. I did enjoy Randy coming out and kind of mocking Mandy Rose for falling the night before, but even though you can't really blame her because the ramp was slippery because of all the rain over there in Tampa. Um, Bray Wyatt did a cool transformation back to the old Fiend mask as he was making his entrance. Uh, they did a nice little jack-in-the-box thing where Alexa turned the jack-in-the-box and then, you know, Bray came out of it. So, I mean, you know, good, great entrances, good little opening there, and that was kind of it. Most of it was Randy trying to get offense and Bray just kind of being impervious to pain. Which is why the finish just made even less sense. So when Bray was about to finish off Randy with Sister Abigail, uh, the lights go out or flicker, and then you look up and it's Alexa Bliss with that red kind of, sorry, that black kind of blood or goo dripping on her face. And she's sitting with her legs crossed a lot like Aleister Black would, would do. So it kind of makes you wonder if there's a pairing there. That's the way I'm thinking it's going to go eventually. That's who she's going to be aligned with against The Fiend. The Fiend gets distracted, turns around into an RKO for the 1-2-3. He was impervious to pain, but yet, even though the RKO is one of the most dangerous moves and Randy Orton's finisher, I don't get how one move could keep The Fiend down for three seconds. I think he's been booked terribly. Just He's had more losses in big-time matches than he's had wins. From dropping the uh, Universal title to Goldberg, uh, losing to Orton here. He lost to Orton in the fucking Inferno match. Then you lost to Seth Rollins in a terrible fucking Hell in the Cell match. Uh, two months into his... Yeah, two months into his run as The Fiend. So Vince doesn't know what the fuck he's doing when it comes to The Fiend. There's horrible booking here. It just it just seems so lazy. Like, a guy that comes up with so many great ideas and so talented. Like, you could come up with better writing for the guy. It would at least made more sense if, when Bliss did all that if Black had jumped The Fiend. And after giving him a beatdown, even hitting a black mass 
which when his head spun around, he got hit with an RKO for the, the loss. That would have made more sense to say that it took Bliss turning on him and two badass fucking superstars to take him out. But no, they just went the fucking route of not making sense and having no fucking logic as Vince seems to do in a lot of the storylines. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retained over Tamina and Natty. I'm happy about this. I'm glad that Shayna got her first WrestleMania win. She was the one to win the match for her team by choking out Tamina. Nope, sorry, she choked out Natty. So good finish there for me. I wish I bet on them. I gotta realize now I gotta bet more on my favorites. And especially if the fucking logic applies. And I was looking at a team which I just was not behind as with Tamina and Natty. And I just shouldn't have picked on picked them for a bet. I should just look at the logic as if I don't believe in them, then I gotta look at it as just like maybe the creative team won't believe in them. But it's kinda hard to apply logic to WWE a lot of the times. But at the end of the day, Shayna and Nia retained. I'm happy for this. Nia's growing on me a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm one of her biggest fans. But the role she's been playing lately has kind of grown on me. I actually rather see her beat the fuck out of people like Mandy and especially Dana Brooke who annoy the hell out of me. And other talents who just don't know how to fucking wrestle. And even Tamina who I think is just kind of a little, little off in the ring. and Just a little sloppy with some of her deliveries. And I think they're just... Try to reward her for how long she's been in the company and just being so liked and respected by everybody. But if your match quality is not great and you haven't really improved, I don't think you should just be given a championship. But that's just my two cents. I thought Sami Zayn versus KO was, was a good match, but I wouldn't rank it in my top five or as one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, I think these guys have fought too many times in the past. They over overdid it to the point where a lot of what I've seen, I've seen before. And this time especially, the ending seemed too predictable that KO was going to win. And then you knew at the end there'd be some interaction with Logan Paul who was at ringside and Sammy, where Logan would end up having to knock Sammy on his ass. And that's exactly what happened. KO hit the stunner for the win. Logan Paul gave his props to Sammy but went to congratulate KO on his win. Sammy gets pissed off about it and starts yelling at him where he gets shoved to the ground by Logan. I think the best part of this whole... I don't know what you'd call this whole storyline was at the end when KO stunned Logan Paul. I think that was the, the you know the highlight of it. You always remember the ending. Uh, there wasn't enough in the match for me to really rank it as a, a 10 out of 10 match or 5 stars. Uh, I don't know. I give it a 3 just to be fair because I don't want to say it sucks but I'm not going to say it was amazing. Sheamus and Riddle had a badass United, uh, United States Championship match. Really enjoyed this. I picked Sheamus to win after all the hard work he's put in in his matches with Riddle in the past as well as his, his uh, stream of matches with Drew McIntyre. I knew he was due for a championship. Uh, Riddle went for pretty much like a lion salt off the second rope. And as he flipped in the air, Sheamus caught a perfect bro kick to the face, even busting Riddle's lip a bit. But I mean, you got to be precise, right? And you know, Riddle's a former UFC guy, so he can take the hits. And Sheamus is, you know, not one to complain if you give it back to him. Solid fucking match. These these two, I should say, they both always deliver, but especially Sheamus. The right person won here. Congrats to Shamo on, I believe, his third United States Championship. In the Nigerian drum match, or drum fight, for the Intercontinental Championship, Apollo Crews went over Big E. 
Got that prediction right. Felt Biggie's got enough wins over him. I figure Apollo would find a way to cheat to win. And then Biggie will eventually move up to challenge Roman for the Universal Championship. And I think Roman needs to get the win there. I don't think Biggie is at the level yet to become a Universal Champion. I think that role is more cemented for someone like Cesaro. And I'm thinking by SummerSlam, or hopefully I'm, I'm thinking at SummerSlam, Cesaro will be the one to take on Roman Reigns and take the Empire down and become our new Universal Champion and capture his first World Championship. I think he's on the best run of his career. He's had the biggest win of his career up to now, defeating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania on night one. So that's the way I'm looking at things going. Uh, yeah, so I think Big E and Nakamura will kind of fill the voids between now and SummerSlam uh, to give Roman a couple of other big wins on his road to SummerSlam against Cesaro. I'm so glad that Apollo Crews got the IC title back. I love his character. Uh, Commander Aziz, who was uh, formerly Daba Kato in Raw Underground, came as, uh, I guess you could say his bodyguard now, or no, his... Uh, Niger uh, the commander to Nigerian royalty in Apollo Crews. I'm loving this, man. If this gives Apollo Crews a good IC title run, I think he deserved it. Always been a fan of his, one of the best in the world. They made him a jobber for a fucking couple of years, maybe even more than a couple. And now he's finally coming to his own. I love this character. I I'm fucking very entertained when he does the Nigerian accent. Uh, way better than Kofi's Jamaican accent back in like 2009. So yeah, fucking power to Apollo. I don't think Biggie looks weak here because it took a, a monster to put him down. And I feel that maybe even at next year at WrestleMania, we're going to have Omos as a face taking on Commander Aziz. And maybe that'll lead to a, a, a big match between AJ Styles and Apollo Crews. And possibly a tag match on Raw or SmackDown or even at a pay-per-view beforehand leading up to those two feuds. Just a little... Uh, prediction from a year for now then again it could happen this year you know a lot can happen sometimes you gotta rush certain things with the big guys but time will tell next in the raw women's championship oscar defended against rhea ripley uh i figured i wasn't the only one feeling this on busted open with dave lagreca and bully ray they also said uh, they wouldn't be able to even compare this to sasha banks versus bianca for the sd Women's Championship because of the storytelling here. There was no story behind it. Rhea kind of just debuted, challenged Asuka to the championship match, flipped a table on her, turned on her in a tag match. There's just no investment. And then Rhea comes out of WrestleMania and she's kind of like acknowledging the fans. And it's like, then she's doing heelish things during the match. It's like, what are you? Are you a heel? Are you a face? Like, where's the investment here? Asuka's title reign hasn't been that good. So it just it would have been better if she kind of got the win here. Giving Rhea the title right away just, just I don't know, it just wasn't as exciting for me. And I guess for a lot of people, a lot of the podcasters felt like there was not much of a, a build to this match to where I really cared. The match was decent, but I just kind of found myself just wanting it to be over. I just wanted the match to be over. I didn't really care who won. I was a little more obviously wanting Oscar to win, to have a big win. And But I was more concerned with, is Becky going to return? Is Ronda going to return? Uh, could EO show up to challenge Oscar for the title? Uh, if Rhea wins, would it be Ronda against her? If Asuka wins, would Becky come back to take the title from her since she's the one that she presented it to uh, about a year ago? I was more invested in returns than the match itself. Lack of storytelling here took this one away from me. Rhea went on to win the Raw Women's Championship. 
I just, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't really get behind this match. Yes, a dominant performance, as Michael Cole was just saying, as that clip cut off. Roman Reigns in the match, best match of night two, best night match of Wrestle, best match of WrestleMania 37, and in my opinion, the best match of WrestleMania week was him defeating Daniel Bryan and Edge to successfully defend his Universal Championship. This match three minutes in, and it was already like, okay, this is the match of the fucking weekend. And as it progressed, it became the match of the week. You know, some great spots in the opening from Roman Reigns pretty much one-arm powerbombing Daniel Bryan through the announcer's table as he was standing on the ring steps. And then Edge speared him off that. Then you also had Edge where you thought he was going to have the match won. He had Roman in the crossface. Then Brian jumps in with the yes lock, and you can just see the anger in Edge's face because, you know, he had it won. He had kind of the bar of the chair, the chair legs, in Roman's mouth as he was pulling. Then there was another cool spot when Edge and Roman were thinking the same thing, and they went for the, the spear at the same time, and their shoulders collided. So fucking well done there. And then there was a part where Edge ducked under Roman, hit the spear, and that's like pretty much the point in the match where it would be over if it wasn't for Daniel Bryan pulling the referee out. He didn't have enough energy to get in the ring, so he kind of went the cheap route by pulling the ref out, something that, you know, it's a little more heelish, but at the same time, you got to do whatever it takes to win. But that's the thing about a heel. A heel has a heel usually has what they're complaining about. They're usually right about that. They ha they're right about something. It's just the way they explain it or the way they, they handle it. They add too many excuses to what they're right about or they just, you know, handle it too aggressively and that's what makes a good heel. It's like you take a little bit of truth and fucking exaggerate it and that's what Edge has been doing. But in this case, like, either way, I find myself siding with Edge. It's like he wanted that one-on-one -on -one match against Roman. He won the Rumble for that. Brian Myers to weasel his way into the WrestleMania, you know, title match at WrestleMania. 37, sorry. Got a little distracted there by something. And then on top of it, the two times of the match, they did it so well where Edge had Roman probably beat. Maybe this is not the submission part so much, but when he, when he hit that spear, it looks like it, it, you know, there's a good chance it would have been over and he pulled the ref out. So in this feud, <laughs> I, I find myself siding with Edge. I want to see Edge fuck up Brian because I just look at his, like if it was real life, I could see myself sympathizing with Edge and I could see myself feeling the way Edge, would, Edge feels if I was him. And Daniel Bryan got his way into my title match. And then also the two times when I pretty much might have even had the championship won. He just got in the way. Obviously, he has to break it up. And, you know, but that one time it was a little heelish. So then he pretty much came where Edge hit Daniel Bryan with a concerto. Don't blame him for that. Thought it was a great spot. I actually enjoyed seeing it. But then as he was about to do it to Roman, the right-hand man, Jey Uso, jumped in there. Tried to, you know, it was funny when he's yelling at Roman, like, get up, Us. And then Edge hit him with the spear. But then as Edge went to go kind of swing a chair at Roman, Roman, Roman connected with his spear. Edge is down. That took him out. From there, Roman goes, grabs the chair, bashes Edge with the concerto, 
picks him up, stacks him on top of Daniel Bryan, and pins both men to retain his Universal Championship. And just like he said on, on SmackDown, you know, he was going to smash him, he's going to stack him, and he did just that. He pinned both men. The head of the table reigns supreme on top of not only SmackDown, but I believe on top of the WWE. I mean, this is, this is the best Roman ever. I think he's going to hold on to this championship all the way till SummerSlam when Cesaro finally gets his moment in the sun and is finally the man who proves that he was a world title contender all along, but probably it's, there's no more truth to it than there is now. He's on the best run of his career. He had the biggest win of his career when he beat Seth Rollins in the best match of match night, uh, sorry, of night one, in my opinion, of WrestleMania 37. Sorry for the little glitches in, in, uh, in my recording here. It's like someone beeps in even though I have it on mute, but the phone kind of vibrates, so it throws me off a bit. But I, wanna, I, don't, want, you know, I don't want this to be perfect. I want it to have a real aspect as if we're having a real conversation out here. So, you know, conversations uh, aren't perfect. Sometimes we do botch a little when we're saying something or uh, get caught up on our, our words or mix up something. So I want to keep it as real as I can. Unless, unless it was actually fucking produced by WWE, which it's not, uh, you know, I, I like to keep it a little real like this way and not, not have it fucking perfectly edited. Hope you guys enjoyed WrestleMania week, WrestleMania weekend for, for this. And I am now going to leave you with Roman Reigns cut in a few words on the people after his successful title defense. What you think was going to happen? Y'all calling me a liar? I told you on Friday, I'm going to smash him. I'm going to stack him. I'm going to pin him one, two, three. I'm going to stand up, put this over my head. Let them look up to a greater man. Million dollars of pyro, pow, pow, pow. Just like I called it, huh? And still. Now it's time. Paul, what time is it? What time is it? It's Roman Reigns' time. That's what time it is. It is time for the tribal chief. It is time for the end-all, be-all. It is time for the sun on which the entire WWE universe revolves around. It is time for the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, Roman.